Hey there, I'm Krista, your host for the Birding Tools Podcast. Each week, I'll delve into the wonderful world of birds for birding beginners and those wanting to get the lowdown on what goes into bird watching and identifying birds. Let's get started. First, I wanted to let you know that I have a free guide to learning all about bird identification. After going through this workbook, you'll know about the five keys to bird identification, size and shape, color and pattern, behavior, habitat and distribution, and sound. When you understand the main components of identifying a bird, you'll begin to feel more confident with your birding and identification skills. This process will not just help you with identifying birds by sight and sound easier, but it will also help deepen your connection with nature. To get this free guide, just visit the podcast show notes at birdingtools.com. There are around 10,000 species of birds in the world, and pretty much all of those bird species have a unique song, call, or specific sound to that particular species. While learning bird sounds can be overwhelming at first, it's easiest to start off with a small subset of birds or ones with easy mnemonics. By definition, a mnemonic is a pattern of letters, ideas, or associations that assists in remembering something. They help aid in memorization because you're taking a sound, in this case, and creating a memorization tool by connecting it with something that you can relate to. Did you or do you ever use memorization techniques in school where you learned, for example, the acronym PEMDAS? I'm not even sure that they use PEMDAS in math anymore, but let's just go with it. The acronym helped students understand the order of operations for mathematical formulas, where parentheses were addressed first in the equation, then exponents, then multiplication, division, addition, and subtraction in that order. I'm curious how many listening solved a math problem with the help of PEMDAS. This is a mnemonic. By applying mnemonics, you're using memorization techniques to better help you differentiate and identify birds. When you take a minute to listen to the noises that birds make and how they actually sound, it can be easier to associate particular sounds with a memory or a set of words. It's this memorization technique that will help immensely in learning bird songs or other vocals. It's easier to do this with some birds more than others. A way to have fun with it is to place bird sounds into categories, three of which I'm going to be getting into in more detail today. Don't forget too that sound is one of the five keys to bird identification, which is based on the guide I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the episode. Because it's one of the ways that you can identify birds, it's a really great skill to know and learn if you're looking to up your bird game. It's also really convenient because you don't actually have to get your eyes on the bird if you know the bird's sound. Pretty nifty, right? Plus, keying in on bird sounds is a great way to actually locate birds if you're not sure about the noise but know how to follow the noise to get a good look at them. So first, what do I mean by sounds a bird makes? There are three categories of sounds I refer to specifically, and those are songs, calls, and oral noises. When you look in your bird field guide, you'll note that each bird has a sound or a voice category, indicating the noises that that bird makes. Sometimes you'll see something as simple as a series of high-pitched chips, for example, but other times you'll see a more recognizable sound like the caw-caw of an American crow or something more descriptive like the super high pitch weetsy 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 of the black and white warbler. Songs are often associated with territoriality and establishment of a bird's space or dominance, and while we often think of songs as sing-songy, not all noises considered songs are sing-songy. Just take crows, for example, or other corvids like jays. 
Birds also have calls or chips or single note noises that can be indicative of information transferred from a bird to another of the same species in a contact call, a baby bird to its parent in a begging call, to other nearby birds to indicate an intruder or a predator in an alarm call, and flight calls while in flight. Birds also make aural noises. That's A-U-R-A-L, or of and relating to the ear and hearing. While calls and songs are technically oral or relating to the sound a bird makes, in this case, I'm referring to those sounds that are neither a song as we think of it, nor a call. When you think of the noises that woodpeckers make while drumming a tree, or the sounds vultures make when they're communicating despite not having a bird voice box, or even the wing whistle made when a morning dove gets startled up and flies off somewhere, those are oral sounds. So now that we have an idea of the different kinds of sounds a bird makes, let's get into how to use these sounds as a tool to help identify a bird. You won't be able to necessarily do this with all birds, but this is really helpful if you are learning bird songs and can associate noises with a particular sound. This is just a small portion of the effort to learning birds by ear, but remember I said to start off small, so here we go. And just a little disclaimer, since we're talking about bird songs, I'm going to attempt to mimic some bird sounds. Just know that I am not musically inclined, so bear with me, but don't worry, I'll supplement my attempts to mimic these birds with their actual sounds. The three kinds of sounds we are going to focus on are descriptive sounds, mnemonic phrases, and say my name sounds. While there are a lot of other categories of sounds to learn and lots of detail that goes into learning birds by sound, we are just going to stick with these three today. So first, let's look at descriptive sounds. Using descriptive sounds can be really useful because your mind is associating another sound you already know with the sequence of notes and tones that the bird is singing. Let's take the field sparrow, for example. When I was learning about bird sounds in the beginning of my birding career, this sound was always equated to a ping pong ball being dropped on the floor and bouncing as it went along the floor. So it starts off bouncing slowly and then continues in a faster pace as the song progresses. If you think about a ping pong ball being dropped on the floor from above, you'll hear the ball hit the ground and then as physics and gravity take over, the ball bounces, losing air and distance from the ground as it progresses. And then you hear that bouncing noise become more frequent as it starts to slow down and just roll across the floor. Let's listen to the Field Sparrow song. Do you hear that ping pong ball like sound as the notes get faster and closer together? Yeah, that's the Field Sparrow. Oh, and I want to mention that the sounds I'm using on the podcast are from the incredible bird sound repository Xenocanto. That's spelled X-E-N-O-C-A-N-T-O. On here, you can search for nearly any bird sound in the world. And if you've recorded bird sounds in the past, I highly suggest checking out Xenocanto to add to their library of sounds. All the links to these sounds will also be linked to in the show notes. Now, a quick tip too is to recognize the habitat in which you're located, as well as the distribution and seasonality of the birds you suppose you're hearing. Habitat and distribution is one of the five keys to bird ID, remember, so even if you don't have your eyes on the bird, still pay attention to where you're birding to see if the habitat in which you're hearing the bird you think you've ID'd matches with where you are. As the field sparrow's name implies, they are often found in and around scrubby grasslands and overgrown fields in the central and eastern part of the United States. Let's look at another bird, the common grackle, using the same descriptor sound category. 
Common grackles make a series of noises and rattles, but their overall sound is very distinctive and sounds like a rusty gate being opened and shut. Let's take a listen to it. While other blackbirds make similar kinds of noises, this is where you'll get into the habitat and distribution part of your identification to see if common grackles are found where you are. I'm in California, so I wouldn't hear common grackles here since they're found east of me, but I would see brewer's blackbirds, which sound more like a rusty swing on a swing set. See how I did that? I added a mnemonic in there. Play around with this the next time you're out observing and watching birds. Take notes of the kinds of noises they're making and see whether a descriptor is useful in classifying that bird's sound to your ears. And remember that the things that you're hearing might be unique to your ears and other people might not necessarily hear the same thing, and that's okay. But take note of these different sounds and make sure that whatever you're hearing out in the field is descriptive enough for you to be able to recognize those birds accurately. Also, another tip for you is to only look at the birds found where you are so that you aren't focusing on learning bird songs for other areas that you won't see or hear near you anyway. This goes back to my previous tip about bird distribution, but specifically honing in on creating a local bird list to better focus and pinpoint your sound learning efforts. Okay, so let's do one more descriptive sound. This is one of my favorite North American birds, the Northern Cardinal. The sounds that this bird makes are often compared to a spaceship making pew-pew noises, like pew-pew. So let's take a listen and compare. While the Northern Cardinal does have a really varied song and different kinds of chips and other kinds of calls, for the most part, it does have this electronic sort of quality to the sound of the song. And the great thing is that both males and females sing these songs often. So now that we've gotten into some examples for descriptive sounds or noises, let's get into some mnemonic phrases in particular. Now for mnemonic phrases, you can associate the sound of a song with a set of words to help you memorize that song. One of my favorites for this is the olive-sided flycatcher. Like any flycatcher, they're difficult to identify if you're just looking at them with your scope or your binoculars, but if it starts to sing its song, quick three beers, quick three beers. I know exactly which species it is because no other flycatcher sounds that way or has that mnemonic. Let's take a listen and see how it sounds to compare it to the mnemonic it is often associated with. Did you hear that quick three beers in there? Now, sometimes it will eliminate the quick part and we'll just say three beers, but when it's doing its full song, it will say quick three beers and it is really distinct compared to other flycatcher sounds. Another mnemonic that is just too good not to share and honestly is kind of bizarre is the warbling vireo. When you get your eyes on a vireo, it's not super difficult to identify that it's a vireo overall, and depending on where you are in North America, it can be pretty easy to narrow down which species it is if you get your binoculars on it. But if you just are hearing this sound, this is especially what makes the difference. The warbling vireo has a mnemonic that goes, if I see you, then I'll seize you and I'll squeeze you till you squirt. Let's hear it. 
If I see you, then I'll seize you and I'll squeeze you till you squirt. Did you hear it in that? I don't know what the heck that phrase means or where it came from or what's squirting or who's seizing who, but it sticks and you'll probably never forget it because it's kind of weird. One thing to keep in mind when you're listening to birds' songs in general is that there are some songs that blend in so well with the surrounding environment that you might not even register that it's a bird song until you've been hearing it and kind of honing in on that pitch for a while. One such song I always have trouble honing in on, probably because of its sweet, soft, high-pitched song, is the brown creeper. The brown creeper has the mnemonic phrase, trees, trees, beautiful trees, in a really high-pitched kind of tone. But it's so high-pitched that it's often a song that we tuck into the back of our mind because it blends in with the surrounding environment so well, and also is not super in-your-face like a lot of other birds can be. Let's take a listen to what the brown creeper sounds like. There are a lot of birds with mnemonic phrases out there that birders have widely associated with certain bird species songs, and in the show notes, I'll link to some resources that have further mnemonic examples. As you're learning bird sounds, you can plug these into your mind as a good identification technique. When you're trying to differentiate with other birds, it actually makes it so much easier because once you know the sound, you don't have to mess around as much with physical ID factors like size and shape or color and pattern. That's not to say it's not always a good idea to double check and verify your ideas of what the bird could be. So especially as you're starting out and learning sounds, continue using physical characteristics as a two-factor identification of sorts. I'm not a huge fan of second-guessing yourself all the time because I think that really holds birders back from identifying things and being okay with being wrong. But I do think that there's a lot of value in being able to stick to your wits and be confident in your identification skills, especially if you've been practicing and if you're going through the five keys to bird identification to make a proper and accurate ID. Now, let's get into what I like to call the Say My Name Birds. Say My Name Birds, you guessed it, say their name and the sounds they make. These ones make it so easy to remember because they're literally telling you exactly what they're named and is largely the reason why they're named what they are. A really famous example for this is the common cuckoo because although they're featured in cuckoo clocks and are really popular in European history and folklore, they're also a dream when birding by ear because they're so easy to remember. Now I know I'm breaking from the other North American birds and giving you one found in Europe and Asia. But they're so iconic and indicative of the same many birds that I had to share. They say, cuckoo, cuckoo. Let's take a listen. Isn't that so iconic? I love how perfectly distinct it is and there's just no mistaking it. One beloved North American species that says their name in their song is the Eastern Wood Peewee. They have the sweetest song and are so distinct in eastern North American woods and woodland areas. If you don't know what a peewee looks like, they're pretty grayish olive flycatchers, pretty much like every other flycatcher. So when you see them off the bat, you might think, great, which flycatcher is that? But their song says their name, which makes it so easy to identify them. Let's take a listen.
hear how they say pee-wee? That's pretty distinctive, right? If you're in the eastern and central part of North America, keep an ear out for these birds. Of course, there's always exceptions to when birds are singing, and they sometimes change up their song or only sing portions of their song. Notice how with the pee-wee, sometimes it only sings the second portion of its song, singing the wee instead of the full pee-wee. Honestly, this goes for pretty much every bird because any bird could technically sing only a portion of its song or act kind of weird and maybe sing a variety of different songs. This is a really good time to mention dialect too. Did you know that birds have different dialects depending on where they're found in the country or the world? The Carolina wren is one of my favorite examples for this because they specifically have a very bubbly, fast-paced song that actually slows down and changes in tone and pitch depending on where you are in the country. Let's listen to a Carolina wren in northeastern America, and then let's listen to a wren in southeastern North America so that you can hear the difference in the sound. Do you hear how the Northeastern Carolina Wren, that first song that we heard, sounds like it's the same bird as the Southeastern Carolina Wren, but just a little bit different? By the way, the mnemonic for the Carolina Wren is cheeseburger, 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 which I know is kind of funny, right? You can hear the mnemonic a lot easier in the slower song than in the really rapid fire song, but this is also sort of just training your brain for first what wrens sound like in general, and then accounting for other species that might also sound like a wren. Now, let's get back to a couple more Say My Name birds. This is a really fun bird, and before I mention which bird it is, I'm actually going to play the call first to see if you can guess the name just based on the sound it's making. Remember, this is a Say My Name bird. Do you know which bird that is? It's a black-capped chickadee. Yes, there are other chickadee species, and in fact, the Carolina chickadee makes a very similar chickadee-dee-dee sound, but the black-capped says the distinctive chickadee-dee-dee. Again, distribution comes into play in a big way here because when you are able to account for where you are, it will help you with your bird identification. In this particular case, these two species overlap somewhat in range, but only slightly. It's good to know that sometimes you get birds that sound similar when they're in the same place and part of the same family, but remember this helps you narrow down your options about what it could be significantly. So you know it's some kind of chickadee or at least in the Paraday family and you can narrow it down from there. Recognizing bird sounds and finding mnemonics that can aid in identification can give you a huge advantage when it comes to identification for that reason of being able to narrow down what you're seeing and hearing. One of my favorite examples for this is with the Kentucky Warbler and the Oven Bird. If you actually saw them in your binoculars, you would easily be able to distinguish between the two because the Kentucky Warbler and the Oven Bird don't look anything alike, although they're both warblers. But both are found in woodlands and both have songs with two sequential notes. However, each has a distinct mnemonic. The Oven Bird says, teacher, teacher, teacher. 
where the subsequent teacher notes sound louder and louder while the Kentucky Warbler's mnemonic is tree, tree, tree. One way to think about this is that the oven bird sounds more, oh, aggressive than the sweeter sounding Kentucky Warbler. The Kentucky Warbler also doesn't increase in tempo or volume like the oven bird. Let's listen to each. So here's the oven bird. And here's the Kentucky Warbler. If you say their mnemonics as they're singing, it can also help solidify which bird is which or which sound belongs to which bird. So when I'm in the field and I'm hearing either an oven bird or a Kentucky Warbler, I actually say, teacher, 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 or tree, tree, tree. And remember that the teacher, teacher part of the oven bird song not only accelerates, but increases in volume, unlike the Kentucky Warbler song. Being able to pair birds with these different mnemonics is such a big help in trying to remember which sound goes with which bird. So there you have it. Which birds do you know by sound? Can you think of some good mnemonics for birds you're hearing outside? Remember, the key is to come up with a system that works best for you. And these are only a few of the categories of different sounds that you might hear from birds. Thanks so much for tuning into the Birding Tools podcast, and I hope this material was helpful to you. To access information about the content I've mentioned in the show and the show notes, visit our website at birdingtools.com. Next week, I'll be reviewing and talking about the characteristics of different bird identification apps you can get on your phone. I'd love to know which you already have or have tried out. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get updates on the latest Birding Tools has to offer, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening now. See you next time.